because of my passion for online entrepreneurship and in believing the impact we can make if we can all discover our purpose and do what we love, the Passion and Purpose podcast was born. I hope to share more inspiring adventures with you along with the people who have been there and done that. Okay. All right. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. And we're here again for another inspiring adventures. And before I introduce you, my very, very special guest, I would like to remind everyone, if you're not following the Passion and Purpose podcast yet, you may go to rochefell.com slash podcast or Rochefell Rivera. Um, sorry, youtube.com slash C slash Rochefell Rivera. You, you may follow me there. All right. And um, to introduce you, my very special guest, her name is Jen Kahukom or Jeanette Kahukom. She is a passionate CEO, brand strategist who helps CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners find their true voice and translate that into a more authentic and more human-centered brand storytelling. She is also the podcast host of Your Brand, Your Story, which provides a platform for business owners and thought leaders to share conversations and their own stories on humanness and authenticity. She is also... She has also shared insights about the same topics on a few TEDx events. Yes, she is. And now as an author of an upcoming book, Craft Your Personal Brand Story. She is also currently the Philippines editor for visuals and community engagement for marketing in Asia. Marketing in Asia, sorry. My very special friend, Jen, good afternoon and thank you so much for gracing the show. Hi, Rochefell. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been months since... We last talked, right? Yes, that's right. Um, see, I think before the pandemic strikes. Yes, so yes. that's how long it is. But Jen, um, for the benefit of our viewers, I know that I've already, you know, um, give them your introduction, but maybe you can tell them more about yourself. Some things that I didn't, you know, recited earlier and some things that maybe I don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, as yeah, Rochefell said, yeah, my name is Jeanette Kahukom. But yeah, um, friends like Rochefell, uh, they call me Jen. And how do I start my story? Well, pretty much Ro Rochefell and I um, uh, have uh, have a similar have a similar, if not uh, the same journey, and. It, it was, um, I also had to undergo a process um, which led me to discover my passion and purpose. Um, but then I, I have to warn you, you might be, you, you might be a little confused with, with my story because I pretty much had um, a taste of, um, of, of different industries until I eventually learned how to connect the dots to um, to eventually find the answers why certain things happened the way they did, why um, why I had to undergo um, um, certain uh, challenges uh, in life. So I guess just to just to give you an idea of what I'm of what I'm actually talking about, I um, I actually. Uh, uh, studied nursing and computer science, and um, this is also the same uh, story that I I I, I shared with one um, podcast. Uh, while my 
it's it's like my experience in the healthcare setting combined with my exposure in the IT BPO company since I, uh, since I graduated computer science has paved the way for me to really embrace customer service on a deeper level. And that eventually, I guess, also became my edge as I also ventured into um, di- marketing, digital marketing, um, to be exact, and then eventually branding. So imagine those are different types of disciplines. So I, I really had to, you know, connect the dots because if, because um, in in the healthcare industry, you you need to be compassionate around people. But then it wasn't. It wasn't, I guess, really my calling. And I do remember that, I mean, I do remember back in high school when we had this um, interaction with our guidance counselor, I was already told that I cannot, you know, I cannot have a flourishing career in the medical field because I, I do not have the compassion for it. Yes. Oh. You look surprised. I was told that. I was told that, but then, you know, I, I, I did tell my parents and my grandparents about it, but then, you know, it's, uh, I guess they, they come from a different era because they believe that once, you know, you, you just learn something, um, put your heart into it, you can eventually be successful. But my take on it, I may be, you know, I may be successful, but then, um, I mean, I may not, you know, um, chances are I may not uh, create an impact in the lives of the people around me in that setting. So yeah, I was able to to take that um, what I learned in the healthcare industry in the ITO BPO IT BPO setting rather when um, I worked um, when when I worked for for help desks for. Um, or large computer manufacturing um, companies from the U.S. Um, and Germany, and during that time, because I I I started in the BPO IT industry, the early 2000. I think it was in the early 2000. Actually, prior to that, because I'm a graduate of computer science. <clears throat> Excuse me. Water, Jen. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I also I also worked for a software consultancy firm. Um, I was a systems analyst there, and then um, things didn't you know um, things didn't turn out well because most of the um, most of the clientele that this company that I worked for catered to were from government agencies. So you know how, you know how that is when you're in the Philippines. So, so when, I, when I joined the um, IT uh, BPO industry, that was when I really learned, to, learned what customer satisfaction is, so what customer experiences in a deeper level, because day in, day out, um, you know, I, I, I would really, uh, there was always an opportunity to um to address something it was like i i i rate i ate i rate customers for breakfast even lunch and dinner yeah i can relate to that <laughs> yeah so it it came to a point when i realized that customer service is not just an after sales thing 
it should be an end-to-end um, delightful experience. I mean, you know, from the time they inquire until the time that you provide, you know, during the time you provide service and even after. So it's, that being said, it's not, it's not an after-sales thing anymore. So that being said, that, I, I used that as my weapon to, um, to have my hand in, in marketing because, you know, it, it, and this is another story because in the late 90s, I, I did already start with marketing, the traditional marketing with an architectural firm. And then I went back to it. I went back to it after I left the BPO industry. And that was when my experience with digital marketing um, started. And back then, they didn't call it digital marketing. Back then, they called it web marketing, internet marketing, right? And it was only uh, when mobile marketing became a thing that they, they, they called it digital marketing as a whole. So there, and then eventually, um, since digital marketing, there were a lot of you know, technicals in the digital marketing space, I decided to focus on, um, on branding, personal branding, to be exact. I, I did already have some thoughts about it because I did, um, I did get a hand on, it, hand on it when I was working in, um, in, in marketing, in the marketing department. But I, I eventually got my validation about personal branding when I came across this book by Nella Donato. She's the author of a book um, which she, she titled the human-centered brand. And I also got the chance to interact with her. She's, she's based in Croatia, by the way. And up to this day, I, I, I keep on sharing to people what, uh, what really retained in my head after reading that book. And, and that's, um, to sum it up, she said there that people would rather deal with people than businesses. So that's when I really, you know... Um, started to advocate when I got that validation from that book and after I I you know after a few exchanges with her that was when I really put my foot forward put myself out there and really have people you know embrace um, their own personal brand but then as personal branding became more popular you know, I mean, you're you're always online, Ross. You'd see, you know, <laughs> you'd see personal branding consultants, personal branding coaches. I mean, they they would, you know, they would advocate on sprucing up your Instagram account, sprucing up your um, LinkedIn profile, profile, sprucing up. I mean, creating your own Facebook page, not just your 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 personal um, um, Facebook account, but really, if you think about it. Personal branding is, is really a journey. Personal branding is really a journey because if you look at the scenario where, where, where everybody just, you know, just decorates their own pages, their own social media accounts, the fact still remains competition is still there and it's even tougher, right? It's even tougher because you only address one side of personal branding and that's on the external. And the Addressing the external shouldn't even be the first step. It should be the second part or the last step because you really have to know who you are, who you are. And that's when I started to 
really dig into um, dig into personal brand story because I mean if if people ask you, let's say I ask you, Rashafel, what's your personal brand, right? I mean, how would you answer that question in a way that would um, that would resonate with your target audience? I mean, would it be suffice to say that I have experience in this, I have experience in that, I have certification in this, I have license in that, I have, uh, I mean... Um, um, my core values are this, 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 and that, and I believe in this kind of culture. I believe in this kind of environment, or my personality is this, my personality is that. Do you think that would suffice if you want to connect with your target audience? So that's when I really became interested um, in storytelling because it's it's really powerful. And if you think about it, I mean, when we were kids, when we were kids, right, when, you know, we were asked by our teachers to, to do the show and tell thing where we'd be asked to, um, to bring our favorite pet or favorite toy or favorite book, right? And when, when we were kids, when we were asked to, you know, to, to tell our story in front, I mean, we, we were taught the difference between show and tell, right? And that when you um when you when you when you when you know the difference you, you get to um um you get to you you get to know which one which which is which is more effective and so yeah i've i've um i've i've really you know um during this pandemic i guess i've i've had the I've had more time to really dig deeper. Although prior to the pandemic, I've attended in different storytelling conferences. And because I've had, um, I was fortunate enough to be invited in, um, in a few TEDx talks. Um, that was the opportunity for me to really study the different storytelling frameworks and how other TEDx speakers have done it, which is why, which is why, the way I would frame the content in my TEDx talk, I would also bring it in crafting my own personal brand. I mean, if you're able to make an impact in at least 100 people through your TEDx talk, then you can probably bring that in crafting your own brand story, right? Because, um, and this is, I guess, that's, that's, um, that's pretty much me. I, and I would eventually want to be able to share that to other people. It's not really about, you know, um, about the skills. You don't have to be really super good at something just so you can get the attention of, yes. of, of, of your target audience, of your, of your target clients or whoever. I mean, you really just have to know yourself first and then know how to tell your story. So yeah, um, in in a nutshell, that is yeah that is pretty much who I am. And you also have to know what I mean. What I mean to make your story more meaningful, I guess. Um, just like what your podcast is all about, you should know uh, who you are, not just you know, not just who your parents are, diba, uh, but more, more about what your passion is and what your purpose is. I mean. Because I, I always think that that is a better story to tell. Yes. Actually, Jen, um, 
I heard the the term from you when you we were talking. I think it was one or two years ago, and you were telling me about this term, your gift to the world. In fact, I also used that um, in one of my copy um, because when you know your passion and you know your purpose, you feel very empowered. You feel like your skills is doing something relevant and you find real meaning to what you're doing and that's when i said yes this is it this is my gift to the world and that's what um i want that's how i want this conversation to you know to run because how are they going to communicate their gift to the world how are they going to make their brand story um what is their first step into creating their brand story well um you really have to know I guess I, I would want to uh, to establish the premise first because I mean we, we're we're in this same network and circle where where we're always told that we have to know who our audience who our target audience is right yeah we are to tell our story but the truth is while that is important that is not that is not really the first step and. It's not also even because, you know, we, we, we are also told that you have to know your why, right? It's, it's really important that you have to, for me, for me, my take on this is the question is not why, what your why is, but who you are first. Who you are first, because um, once you know who you are, it would eventually lead to, uh, to finding out what your why is and then once you find out what your why is then you you would eventually know um who your ideal client who your ideal client is um because you would eventually uh find out after knowing your why which is your purpose of course the next question you'd be asking okay so if my purpose is this who will benefit from this right who will benefit from this purpose? So I guess you you have to keep that in mind when you um, when you craft your story. It's um, it's a little tricky because we're so used to telling our own story based on our timeline. You know, from yeah, from the we're so yeah. used to create autobiography when we were yes, in yes. grade school. <laughs> That's the framework that we have been used to from the time we were born. Till, till, till the time that we were able to speak, till the time we were able to, to study, then graduate, find a job, get married, yada da, yada da. Um, it's, it, it has always been that way. But if you think about it, especially if you want to tell your story to your target audience, if you just base your, your storytelling on your timeline, I mean, what are the chances that your, your target audience would, you, would become interested? Where were they in that story? If you just base it on your timeline. So one, I guess, one trick that I can share. Um, this is something that I've also um, discovered from one of the content posted by one of my marketing idols. His name is Mark Schaefer. And he's, author, he's also the author of um, an award-winning uh, um, of a bestseller book called um, Marketing Rebellion. And she shared this um, storytelling framework. It's not... It's not really a storytelling framework, but it's like it's it's a pitch that when I when I tried it, I tested it. I tried to turn it more into a story, 
And this is what you can also use, Rushfell, your audience, even your team, whenever, you know, whenever you're given the opportunity to tell your story or even do a talk. The framework that I've learned is the I, um, I, you, they, we. Okay, that's the frame. I, you, they, we. Because using this framework, you would, you would be able to, you would be able to involve other people, particularly your target audience. With I, this is like some sort of workshop already. <laughs> yeah, they so, would yeah, like I'm, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, give, I'm already giving you a taste of it. I've I've written other. Um, I've actually written other um, storytelling frameworks in my other book, but this I guess is is much simpler. Um, I. I is when you write your story, when you write your story, the first sentence in your paragraph, when you, when you address the I part is, I have a story to tell you. That's the intro. When you apply the I in the I, you, we, uh, they, we part. Then you elaborate on that. You just, just elaborate on that. I have a story to share. I mean, but then of course, with the story that you're going to share, because if you think about it, we have a multifaceted life. You have to define your goal first as to, um, as to why you would want to tell your story. What is it about your brand that you want your people to know about? Okay. Example. Example. If you have, let's say, um, I mean, since we're into, you know, since we're into marketing, let's say... Uh, you created this product. You created this product. Uh, and then the reason why you, you created this product is because you have experienced it for yourself that were that there um, that it was non-existent and you had a problem back then, but there was no available product or service for it. So that can be your foundation in the I part. So for example, when you say I have a story to tell you, and then you say Back in the day, I had this problem, but it was not available. I couldn't find a solution. Something like that. So you can just elaborate on that, on that part. And then with the you part, that's, that's the part where you involve your target audience. And you can connect the I part with the you part by sharing that. I'm pretty sure that you have also experienced this. And this is now, this is now uh, the part where you express how well you know your target audience is. I mean, if you really know what your target audience is, you should be able to pinpoint what their pain points are in relation, in relation to your story. So you can you can introduce this. I mean. Um, if you were, if let's say you're going to write this story um, and this is going to be your, let's say your second paragraph, you can say something like, I'm pretty sure you have experienced the same. And then from there, you can elaborate. This is now where you can, you can reveal the pain points that they're, that they're experiencing that, you, that you're also aware of. So that way, they can easily resonate with you you can easily get their attention as well. And then 
once you know once you've expounded on that once you've established you know how um um uh how they can get involved in your story this is now where you further solidify your brand story by coming up with the day part day is is referring to third party entities when we say third party entities um entities that will solidify your story especially if your brand store if your brand is about solving a particular problem so third party entities like research scientists or other people um you can you can introduce the day part by saying something like research have sh- research has shown or scientific scientists have proven to just you know solidify the problem that you're trying to solve and then yeah then you can just expound on that and then on the on the we part this is now where you involve this is now where you involve your um your target audience to take action because by the time you know by the time that you have you know revealed everything in your story how you how um how you are how 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 you are, are aware of their pain points and how uh, research has proven that your um that let's say your product or service is a solution um to their problem your brand is a solution to their problem and this is now um where you can you know um encourage them or invite them to take action and that is the we part so if you think about it I mean if you really want to have a powerful brand especially if you if you want people to uh, resonate connect and eventually convert you really have to find a way to craft your story that would compel them to you know to take action so that pretty much is what i have been busy with um the past you know the past years the past months leading to the time when i already you know when i when i wrote the story which i hope you know i'll be sharing soon with you so yeah it's 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 um it's applicable even to you know freelancers especially you know we i believe that the number of freelancers that we have right now has already doubled considering the I global, think so yeah yeah the global health crisis situation so i mean that being said competition has still has become even tougher and while there there are there are thought leaders that that say that attention is the most important currency the results of it may be short lived because attention i mean if you think about it stand, standing out attention i mean well yeah i mean that's on that is if you your perspective is um is 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 geared towards you know um your competition but your goal really is to not just get attention right your goal really is to not just stand out if if you um if you really want you know conversion whether to gain a client to gain a collaboration or to help someone what you what you need is something deeper than attention and yeah. that is so and because of that i believe that the more that the more important currency than attention is trust and how can you establish trust 
if you know if if you don't have a story to tell right so yeah and i mean with the way we operate uh, nowadays with more and more businesses um um turning into digital if you think about it what strategy um can you do that even before a potential client actually interacts with you whether it's it's on on zoom or in slack or wherever what strategy can you do that would somehow um help you already establish a certain amount of trust or at least connect with them even before you have interacted with them so my my take on that really is you know your personal brand should have a story so there because that's the best way that your clients can relate to you yes yes that's right um in fact i always use the term connection um because how are we going to start building a relationship with our clients if we cannot connect and the very first thing that we can connect with clients is by sharing a part of ourselves so that they will share theirs too you know what i mean um and that is something that is not easy for everyone to do um i've seen many people that are very well guarded they they talk about their privacy they don't want to tell their personal stories and for them it's something that is um theirs and their very few members in the family should know and they're not willing you know to share the story to the world now um what can you advise or what can you tell um to those people who wanted to build a business or maybe a personal brand but is having hesitations into sharing their own stories yeah um there've been i mean i've personally been there um i mean for one uh i would consider myself um yeah a very a very private person as well but then every time i go back to uh to what my goal is to what my purpose is i i'm given a better choice than to just sit back and and just be in the shadows because there's something more that matters because there is a bigger problem to solve so i guess i mean in in the case of privacy i mean tools are just tools i mean if if we're talking about um putting our brand online but you know uh, still um still being protected at the same time the tools are there not to really put us in danger as long as we know how to use it right i mean I guess the simplest example is facebook alone facebook alone i mean the 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 edit privacy uh privacy feature has been made available to us so that we control uh what we put out there so you can apply the same thing even with the other platforms that you use and i guess it also boils down to being intentional why are you putting yourself out there in the first place why are you putting your uh why are you why have you decided to put your your personal brand uh out there nowadays and one thing one thing that i guess um uh that is common among businesses 
or entrepreneurs or even professionals who are just starting out, um, they tend to uh, overlook because for the most part, they make this decision to build a personal brand because eventually they want to earn. Sorry about that. That's my alarm. <laughs> yeah. Um, they want to earn. That's the immediate focus. And when, when, when the intention is, is immediately on the monetary side of things, you, um, you tend, there is a tendency to, yeah. to put too much or to put or to spread ourselves thinly. And that's what I like about setting goals, um, defining our intention, because it also serves as our reference. I mean, why am I here in the first place? Oh, okay. A simple example. Example, when I write an article. Why am I writing this article again? Ah, yes, it's because my goal is to help people. So that being said, my content should should be about that. And if you think about it, you're not really putting yourself too much out there because you are what what you're doing is is for helping other people. Right? I mean, when you say authenticity is not it's not just limited to um um putting everything about yourself out there. It's also your it's also about your authenticity to help, if you think about it. So I guess, um, yeah, that's, that's, on, the, that's in, on the, I guess, the privacy, the privacy part thing. I mean, you've been, you know, um, you've, been, um, you've been part of different communities. You've also created communities for yourself. And you were, um, you've been putting yourself out there for years now. But then I'm pretty sure that you have still maintained, you know, your own privacy, your family's privacy, because you just choose, right? You just choose what you put out there because not everybody uh, is interested to know, um, to know everything about you because they would only be interested what, what you can help them with. So, yeah, I, yeah, I hope I'm making sense. So, yeah, yeah. And, and another part is one of the reasons um, uh, what, that I noticed among entrepreneurs is because they have this, and I've also had this before, is the self-limiting belief and the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt. And because, I mean, and it's understandable because we have, um, we have been accustomed to believe i guess it's because of the traditional educational system that we grew up with it's like that we have we it has been embedded to us that we have to reach a certain level of uh, expertise before, before we, we can, put ourselves out there <laughs> before we put ourselves out there yeah and I, I just remembered, and this might also resonate to your audience, to those who haven't decided yet to put themselves out there. Just this, um, just this morning, I had this conversation with my um, with my virtual assistant. She has been with me since 
since 2010, I think 2009, 2010. And currently, I mean, we still will, we still work together, but she's now able to get her own clients on her own. And she has already reached that stage where she, she's now receiving invitations um, uh, to speak, to speak wow. on podcasts, to go on live on YouTube, to go on live on Facebook, to share so that, you know, um, um, so that she can share her insights and experience in terms of her niche and her expertise. And she, she asked me about it. I mean, she, cause she wanted to know how to, how to go about it because she feels that um, she doesn't have enough insights to share. She doesn't have enough experience to share. And I remember just this morning, I told her, um, you are the expert of the own, um, you are the expert of your own results. So you are an expert in your own right. And for one, you have already reached from point A to point B. And that's why people are interested in, your, in you now because you are now, I mean, through your experience and uh, through your expertise, you, you are now in the position to give value to those who are just still at point A. That's correct. Mm -hmm. and, and the good thing about those who are just in point A, they are not, they are not just interested to hear how you were able to make it. They, some of them, for sure, I mean, most of them for sure would want to know that, is it all right to commit this mistake? Is it all right? Because if you think about it, I mean, we all know that success is not a straight line. So it's important also that you share your mistakes because, I mean, mistakes are the ones that help you get there, right? So, and, and other people would like to know as well the mistakes that you've committed. They yeah. don't want to hear about perfection. They want to hear, you know, all the mishaps that you've, you've come across with. So, I mean, I guess that's also what I would, you know, um, uh, what I would advise to those who are starting out, especially the, the, the entrepreneurs. Um, it's, um, it's you're more authentic when you're, you know, when you're flawed yeah yeah yes. i mean i'm not i'm not saying this to part of you people. yeah 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 i'm not encouraging of course people to you know to to commit flaws intentionally but more like you know um just you know just just embrace the mistakes as they come in because i mean in reality we don't define failure as the opposite side of success in fact, they go together. Alongside it, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. That's so, right. yeah, I guess uh, when they limit, you know, um, when they're being haunted by, by self-limiting belief, by self-doubt, um, they just have to probably um, remind themselves that it's not about them, but it's about the people that they can help. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. Um, it's really true that people have these self-limiting beliefs. And um, in the class, whenever I, I, I um, do a training, of course, we always start with the road mapping. They have to understand who they are, what their goals are, what kind of lifestyle do they want to live, what, do they, what are the skills that they have, and 
what where do they think they can you know share that skill so that they would give value to others and for some it's easy to know that hey i like painting or i like singing i like doing this but for others who are having a hard time finding their true skills because some people will say i don't have a talent i used to say this yet i don't know how to sing i don't know how to dance i have two left left feet <laughs> And I don't, I don't know how to draw either. I'm not good at math. So I am always saying, I don't have a talent. But I didn't realize that um, I am a very friendly person. You know, um, I get along with people pretty well. And I didn't know that that is a talent because that is a soft skill. You know, leadership skill is may not be a skill that you can showcase when you when you join, let's say, a, a beauty contest or whatever contest. It's not a skill that you can showcase. But when you go out there in the real world, it's something that, you know, you can really make use of. And people doesn't know about that. So um, in crafting their brand story, while finding what they love doing, while finding the problems that they want to solve and how they can give value to the world, is there a shortcut um, that you can advise them um, on how they can do all things together? Or um, there is a certain process that you, you might want to recommend? Uh, in terms of, yeah, it, it could be... It could be a bit of a challenge if you go immediately to to the to the crafting of the story part because the prelude to that is and it will also help them um, gain clarity. They have to first, you know, um, know who they are, know who they are. Yeah, what they can do and like what you've shared in your training, um, help them dis discover their skills. But um, I guess in terms of skills. Because if they really want to put their brand out there, they have, because I'm pretty sure that they have more than one skill. Yes. At least they have more than one skill. So I guess my take on that is they have to weed out or filter, rather, filter their can-do, uh, their, their can-do and their love to do. Because there are things that they can do but they don't necessarily want to create a business or a career out of it. I mean, I guess an example of this would be I do, I mean, because of, you know, um, the constant invitations that, that I get from, you know, to, to appear in webinars, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I kind of, gotten more used to using PowerPoint. I've somehow become more well-versed in PowerPoint. I can do PowerPoint, but do I? Do I necessarily want to build a career about, uh, out of it? Do I necessarily love PowerPoint? No. So you really have to filter your can-do um, by identifying your love to do. So what is it really that, you know, that sparks your joy? What is it that you can do that at the same time your peers, uh, your coworkers are, are just simply amazed, I guess, that you're able to, to do it in such, such a short time. And you are at the same time um, passionate while doing it. So that, I guess, those are the simple things that I can share. Because, I mean, if you just focus on your can-do, I'm pretty sure you'd, you'd come up with a long list and you'd just get yeah. confused. <laughs> from your can-do, try to identify which are your can-do and your love to do at the same time. And then, you know, then from there, I guess, um, 
try to, you know, um, try to answer the question, what is this, I mean, what is my love to do useful for? Who are the people who have the problems where I can be the solution? Because, I mean, since, I mean, in any case, I'm able to do it in just short amount of time and then other people are struggling with it and might as well offer it as a service, for example. So, yeah, so that's, that's the simplest way. And then, and then from there, once you're able to identify who can benefit from, from your love to do, as we have mentioned earlier, then it should be somehow already easy for you to, to, um, to start your story because by that, by that stage, you already know what, um, you already know the, the kind of clients who have these problems that were, 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 where you come in as, um, as the solution. And then, you know, just use the framework that we shared earlier. So, yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I hope people are able to put two and two together. Yeah, I think they did. They did because I did. Um, because I know that for some who are just starting out, it's not easy, you know, to define what they love doing. And sometimes what you love doing, um, you can't find a way how to make money out of it. <laughs> you know that? And sometimes you really have to find your way around um, that thing so that you can at least have this, you know, money to to suffice what you need, I mean, to, to have something um, that you can spend to, to let's say that, um, I mean, to, to become sustainable, right? And it's not easy to really dive in because some people will say, I love singing and you will not earn right away by singing. You have to really work your way up there. And that is something that's really not easy to do, especially for starting entrepreneurs. And um, there, there is also this fear of doing something, fear of failure, fear of not um, not um, meeting the expectations of others, you know, um, fear of um, setting up their price. In terms of those, you know, the fear, um, in terms of those, um, they, they don't know how to make money out of what they love doing. Um, is there a way that uh, you can, you know, you can give advice on how people can really find these two together like how how do i get paid and how do i get to do what i love because you mentioned earlier about people and about problems and about you know um how to put them together and sometimes it's not easy especially if you're scared to do something that is not um that it's there's no solid ground when you when you jump you know you you will just yes. jump and then you will you will see what happens when you're already there yes and then yeah that's true that's true and you you, you just really have to tweak along the way because there really isn't uh, what you call this a fail-proof <laughs> strategy, yeah, yeah. right? Yes, you just really have to be willing to start to to take that first step. And I guess my advice would be: you mentioned about that example of a person who loves singing. My take on that is, um, if you really want—I mean, since we're talking about people who'd be paying money. Um, with you know with the gifts that we have with the with the solutions that we are able to solve i guess the better question to ask ourselves is not just what do we love to do but what do we love to do for other people there yeah. i guess by 
by refining it that way through that question, you are already somehow already you're already somehow able to address one part of your problem, which is your target market, your target audience, right? So answer that question. What uh, what is it that you love to do for other people, in day in day out, right? So and then I guess from there, since I mean, the next question you should probably now ask yourself is, um, who are these kind of people? What what kind of problems are they having? I mean, what what challenges are they going through? And why do you think, you know, why do you think are you able to solve their um to solve their problem? So, you no, know, um I mean making it simple, I mean provides more, you know, provides more direction and clarity. At least, you know, you're by answering basic questions, you are you give you you give yourself a more solid foundation on how to go about things but then but then definitely once you execute it there will be you know there will be adjustments along the way because for one market is forever changing your 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 your, your audience would be i mean just like you know an example would be this pandemic consumers behavior has changed I mean, almost instantly. I mean, all of a sudden, people you know people are no log no longer interested in buying stuff. They're more interested in buying. You know, I mean, if 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 before the pandemic, they're not interested in in getting insurances, and now it's like no, they're now um, they now want to get insurance. They're now more interested in health. So, so things like that. So, I mean, along the way, you. You have to you have to adjust. I guess the the rule of thumb here um, there there is no timeless strategy since times are always changing. But always bear in mind to um, to to find out to find out what your what your customer want, what your client wants. Because I mean, at the end of the day, who pays, right? Yeah, that's right um and then going to that who pays because after for example they've already crafted um a a compelling you know brand story what would they do next um because other people are just you know scared to start something especially if it's something new to them um what will they do after they crafted their brand story well of course i mean since we i mean we're we're now more and more people now are are operating digitally. You can't just you know you can't just craft a story and then just you know upload it. upload it as a Facebook post, right? Yeah, yeah. Because for sure, for sure, I mean those those who'll be reading it are just your friends, your Facebook friends, your your friends in real life, your coworkers, yeah. and I mean if they're not your target audience, and then. Your story just was just read by the wrong eyes, or probably since they they're they're already your friends and family, they already know about it. So probably since you have to go through, since you've already by the time you create your story, you have already gone through the process of identifying your um your target audience, your target client, and one of the things that you have to know about your client is their behavior in terms of 
um, how, I mean, where do they frequent online? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? Right? Are they on LinkedIn? If let's say you want to go the, the B2B route, um, I mean, you have your story has to be read, uh, be read by the, by the right eyes, has to be heard by the right ears, so to speak. So you have to also do your due diligence and research. I mean, where are, because it's, it's part of knowing your target audience. Because, I mean, when this is, this is based on the, on the marketing principle, you don't just stick on the demographics, the psychographics, but also the technographics, right? And when we say technographics, this is, you know, this is their, their digital habits come in. Where do they frequent? I mean, in, when you're in, 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 in a real life setting, I mean, would you, would you let's say, go to, go to a wet market if, you're, if your target audience is in the mall, something like that? That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a far out. That's a weird example, but I'm just trying to drive that analogy. So, yeah, so you have to be strategic. And then um, there are a lot of platforms nowadays. You don't just have to stick on social media, but I mean... But yeah, if it's any consolation, um, there, are, there are billions of, of, of users on Facebook, 100 millions, I think, more than 700 million on LinkedIn. But if you really want to be more strategic, you can also explore um, publications, right? I mean, there's Medium, there's Thrive Global, and of course, there's Marketing in Asia if you want to target yes. Asia, <laughs> right? And then... Um, one, I mean, if you're also, if you also just want to share, um, a small part of your story, uh, you can also explore forum sites like Quora, right? And then, I mean, if you also, if, if you're more of an offline person, I mean, given that, you no, know, let's say after this pandemic, um, you can also reach out you can also reach out to events or event organizers and you know, um, find out first, of course, because you know, if your content would be of value, of, would be of no value to them, I mean, chances of getting invited you know, uh, would, would be very slim. You have to find out first if, if, their, if their purpose of organizing an event aligns with your story. So let's say you want to establish yourself as an entrepreneur, then you should probably coordinate with an, um, with an organizer of an entrepreneurship event, whether I mean, it's offline or online. So see where your, your story will, would be of value um, yeah, to, uh, to your audience. In short, um, this is where the work begins. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Because, you know, Writing is just the first part. It has to be, it has to be read by the right people, your target people. And yeah, they have to be consistent. Um, for example, um, during the first crafting of their brand story, they're crafting, let's say, um, this is what they love doing. And then after like three months or four months, they would do something that is really very different and very far off from that, from that merit, me, from that message. Chances are the people that are listening to you or the people, people that are reading your article, your brand story will get confused on what you really wanted to convey. So that is also 
I think something that they need to, you know, out at least yes. every, periodically. <laughs> yes, yes, true, true. It's uh, yeah. Um, it 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 happens actually. Now that you've mentioned it, and this this is um, I would just also want to share my personal experience on it. Back in the day when I sort of um. Uh, put more uh, put more time on my on my hobbies and interests. Uh, I took a hand at calligraphy and photography, and then when I wanted to focus on branding, I I stopped. I stopped doing it because I did not find the connection. I did not find the connection, and then when I um, when I, yeah, like I said earlier, when I explored uh, about branding, the storytelling part of it, when, I, when I've gotten to learn um, personal branding on a deeper level, and since branding also involves design, logo making, the aesthetics part of it, I realized that I could put my, uh, my calligraphy into good use and even photography into good use. Yes! into branding incorporated into branding and yeah i just thought i'd share that because incidentally that's also that's also my thrust for this year and yeah <laughs> in fact jen there is this um certain website that what they're doing is they're um writing your names or your your uh, brand names um, in different uh, penmanships i don't know it, it looks very very beautiful and it could really um be of much use for a logo and if you combine that with your skill for photography you can become this branding expert that can do let's say um branding images headshots images to take and use for their um, about page for their front page and then you're going to, you know, let's say, um, offer them the logo creation through your calligraphy. Well, that's also something that's, it's a complete package, right? Yes, actually, I, I, I um, when I told my dad about it, actually, I didn't know, this is just, you know, some, some form of side story. Because uh, I, I didn't know that when my dad, during his younger years, was also into calligraphy, he also had this boxes of he tools the jeans. yes and then when he saw me doing calligraphy when he saw my facebook post my first facebook post in calligraphy that was back in 2015 when i really did you know when i made that decision to do serious calligraphy back in 2015 or 2014 when he saw that post he told me that that was the only time when I learned that. And he even told me a story that my grandmother would even, you know, um, scold him for using up too many notebooks just for his calligraphy drills. So that was when I discovered, yeah, you're right, that I, I must have gotten the, the genes from him. And then I, I was, you know, I was really skeptical because people were really giving me feedback when, and during that time, I felt that I... I felt that it was something that anybody could do. It was oh. something that anybody could do. No. Yeah. And then, so, which is why, you know, I, 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 I just, you know, I felt that I was the only one who loved doing it, which is now I share this insight to you that you have to answer the question that what is it that you love to do for people? And back then, I only answered the question, what is it that I love to do? And then now, 
I've now that I've you know because I had requests back then, uh, requests for you know for wedding invitations for for doing logos even back then. I I, I did create logos for for fashion designers. And yeah, yeah. For I also did wedding invitations back then. I did not find the relation of that back back then to the work that I'm doing with branding now. And yeah, this is this is why I thank this pandemic so much because it helps me, you know, reflect and do another, you know, connect the dots thing. So because I mean, there's always this urge because I have this tendency when I want to take um, when I want to take a break. From my actual personal branding work, I have this tendency to just, you know, um, do calligraphy as a stress reliever until it dawned on me. Hey, I think, you know, yeah, when, I, when I've gotten feedback from people, I want this. I want this from my logo. And then, yeah, so I, I, I made the decision now. So, yeah, I guess I, I can incorporate it. So, I guess I, I'm, I'm sharing this to people that... That that you can you you can it's just really um a matter of asking the right question. What is it that you love to do for people? Para so that you won't be confused, especially if you have a lot lots of things that you want to do or enjoy doing. Wow! From creating a brand story to finding what you love doing for what you love doing, and then what you love doing for other people. Um, that will help you. That will literally shortcut your process of creating your product or your signature services. So I think that is something that our audience would really, you know, it's a takeaway already for those who are listening in this episode. And so. <laughs> um, yeah, and knowing that you're into photography and calligraphy, um, you see, my logo is based on um, calligraphy. But I didn't know that you are doing calligraphy. Had I known, I would have asked you to write my name. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I, I I did serious dip pen calligraphy. I did. I was I was collecting different nibs, those vintage nibs, nibs that you dip on ink. And yeah, I also do. I also did um, brush calligraphy with different, you know, with different brushes, brushes that were made of from horse hair to goat's hair. Yeah, because the fine, the finer they are, the better. Because the synthetic won't be able to, you know, sort of um, produce um, uh, uh, a more beautiful output. Eh? The synthetic ones, those made of real hair, those are the ones that would come out more beautifully. And then now that we're, you know, since a lot of people are going into digital, I did also explore digital, yeah, calligraphy. I am excited for that. Um, and then, um, Jen, for those who are um wondering how i mean their brand story of course they need to craft their brand story they need to um understand what they love doing for others so that they can create this product that would be their gift to the world yes. as we can say it um and then the next you also mentioned about calligraphy technically on the side so that can be their logo that can be um the what do you call it the representation of their business yes. Okay. Um, is there anything else that we're missing that you might want to add? It's already a package already. <laughs> yes, I guess. I guess it's it's just the because if you if we are to put some sort of structure for people's guidance, your personal brand as a whole because your your story is just part of you is 
is a part, but a big part of your personal brand. Your personal brand is basically composed of two parts. The inner work, the inner work where you discover your authentic self and the outer work, which is, of course, about your logo, your color scheme, whatever, whatever, uh, what symbol you you um, represent. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, um, is there something else yeah. that we're missing? Yeah, so there. So after, you know, now that you have a structure, you have, the, you have to do the inner work first before the outer work because if you do it, you just end up, if let's say you do the logo first, if you do the logo first, yeah. you just end up changing it because it's, imagine if you do the logo first and then, and then it was later after you, after you did the logo that you were able to discover yourself, what you're really all about, what your story is, it, you will get to that point where you would want to change your logo. So might as well do the inner work first, know yourself really well, know who know the, the audience that you really want to help, know the market that you really want to help before you do the outer work. And when you do the outer work, always make sure that it's cohesive, cohesive with your story. I guess I just, you know, I just had to say that because like I said, I did this calligraphy logo design for, for a fashion, um, for a budding fashion designer. She's also Filipina and she's, she's now based in Australia. She she's in that creative circle since she's a fashion designer, so she knows, you know, she knows other creative people who can actually do who can actually do her logo. But incidentally, none of them knew calligraphy. None of them knew calligraphies. And then I asked, why why calligraphy? Why are you interested in calligraphy in the first place? Because I couldn't find the connection back then of calligraphy with fashion design. And then she was focusing on the detail. And she's right. I mean, when you do strokes in calligraphy, the output is somewhat like a representation of fabric, of thread, of the flow of dresses. So, and that was why she wanted me to do her logo because she wanted it to be a representation of who she is and her work, which is she makes lovely flowy dresses. And that, was also how I did calligraphy. So, yeah. So, I guess I just had to share that because you have to make sure that, you know, it, your story should represent the other aspects of your branding, like your logo and your website. Because, I mean, especially on your website, you would want to make sure because for sure, they will see your website first before your face. Yes. Right? So you have to make sure that you know whatever is on the website is is really who you are. So yeah. Thank you so much, Jen. Because um, I tried, uh, I created my logo like seven years ago, and from that seven years, I think I changed my logo one, two, three, four, five times. I think four or five times already. And um, this time, um, it was last year when we finalized um the logo of professional vas and it took me like um six years before i was able to finally embrace personal branding because before i really don't want to use my name roshifel it's so long so that i want so i wanted people to just call me rosh it's just one syllable so for me um i'm i'm a shy person it's just <laughs> They just don't know it, but I, <laughs> um, I, I don't um, feel 
proud putting my name out there back in the days. Um, and then I had to find that courage to finally buy the domain, rochefell.com and rochefellrivera.com um, and fully embrace it, fully embrace what I am and what I can do, what, what I can help people with. And then once I did that, and it took me like seven years to finally create the website, the message, the brand story, Jen, and um, the logo that I really, really want and the color that I really, really want. And um, there was this a message. I think it was a proverb or um, a quotation that if you wanted to, um, what do you call that? If you wanted to chop the wood, you have to sharpen um, the the axe um, longer than the chopping the process of chopping the wood itself. I can't remember the exact um, quotation, but it's something like that. That you spend more time um, sharpening the axe. Be, then rather than chopping the wood itself it's just like the branding is like that you have to be very um sure about yourself right you have to know yourself your purpose what you want to do so that when you finally bring yourself out there to the world it's a gift wrapped gift to the world it's really like that you're you're proud of doing it and you won't stop until you unravel what's inside that gift that's so true i love that you you, you created this imagery that you know, about the gift, about the gift that your personal brand is indeed a gift because at the end of the day, you, you're not doing a brand just for yourself because like I said, yeah, it's a gift that you give to people because, yeah, and I think it was um, Seth Godin who said it, your brand is your promise as well. Oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this episode, Zen, and um, I hope we can do it again when your book launches. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I'd love yeah, to do it here on your podcast, of course. Yay. Um, and before we, of course, um, say goodbye to our audience, is there a final message, a, you know, parting message that you wanted to, you know, uh, leave to them? Yeah, I guess that don't, um, don't overcomplicate things definitely you will not have all of the answers right away and i don't really suggest that you figure out all the answers when you start because they won't come just you know just just really just really start and i mean given already that you have this self-limiting belief aside from the fact that you have to have this mindset that you're not doing it for yourself but but the market that you want to serve, I guess, I mean, let's say, let's already set that scenario that you have the self-limiting belief that you don't know enough yet. I mean, by starting, I mean, let's say that it's true that you don't know everything yet. I mean, by at least starting would help you, you know, uh, would help you get better given that that is really you know that is really the case because otherwise if you just stay i mean it's also important that when you for us to be ready to put ourselves out there because for all you know when people say that you are really good you you might just get the validation that you need and you won't be able to get that validation if you don't start yes then, that's true Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Um, in fact, I wanted to add um, something to that because um, other people really wanted to 
be perfect before they start. And if they're going to wait for that, I don't think any anybody is that perfect and that ready to start something that is, um, let's say, a business. A business is like a baby, you know. And sometimes even parents are not yet that ready to become parents. But you know, um, when when they when the child is born, they don't have a choice. They have to, you know, really raise the child well in yeah. in a godly manner, in the way that is, you know, is right and good. And that's the same for business. You just have to commit and there's no going back no no looking yes. back <laughs> just yes. go true true yeah and since you mentioned that if i may just add quickly means perhaps it's about time that we change how we perceive failure yes yes let's change our perception of failure let's let's treat failure just um let's treat failures as an opportunity instead for us to tweak and adjust they're they're actually blessings agree and since you mentioned failure i would also like to mention success because <laughs> a lot of people are always um oh you're so successful right now oh you don't know it's not like that because some people just associate success with money with fame with networks um and yes it's part of it but success has different definition for different people for example my success might be different from your definition of success because we have different goals and then we only have milestones yes. success is something that people pretended to be something permanent it's something it's a destination but it's not um the success that they're saying is technically the destination because if you stop i mean that, the the journey itself because if you stop along the way success will stop from there too yes. so there wouldn't be any success anymore because you stopped so it's really the journey and it's the journey of becoming a better person. It's the journey of um, making yourself useful with the time that is given to you, with the time that is um, given to you in this world. Because we only have maybe 60, 70. You're lucky if you, you know, you reach 80 these days. Especially right now, if you, hit, <laughs> if you get hit by COVID within two weeks, you're dead. And then what are we going to do in those two weeks' time? So I wanted to be productive. At least for the last two weeks, I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> right. And people would, you know, we would have something to remember me by. So find that right. something that, you know, you want to make use for yourself. And people would appreciate that you have given this gift to the world. I really love using that, Jen. Thank you so much for sharing that to me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've learned a lot from you as well. And yeah, as always. I mean, it's always a treat to have this conversation with you. So I don't really mind even if, you know, I just miss you, Rochefell. Yo. I wish, you know, we can catch up again soon in person. <laughs> we will, we will, promise. <laughs> and by the way, since it's go, it's your birth month, um, <laughs> you said yes. that you are going to be giving away free consultation to business owners, entrepreneurs um, who wanted to craft their CEO brand and free first chapter of the up coming book so um how are they going to get that yes yes i can um i can actually send you the link and also i'll also be posting um the link so that they can they can book their slots um it's it's of course via calendly.com and i can also send the link as to where they can download uh, their first free chapter if they're at this stage of figuring out you know um the initial stages of course um is in the chapter of their personal brand so it's actually at uh asia they can download it there and as for the calendly link i can share the link with you and yeah they can also look me up i guess on linkedin 
Jeanette Kahukom, J-E-N-N-E-T-T-E, Kahukom, C-A-J-U-C-O-M. And yeah, I, I can also, yeah, I'll also post the link there. Yes, yeah. and I will also include that um, in the podcast description. So then they don't have to look anywhere else. So you may find us in Spotify and also in my YouTube channel, also in rashifel.com slash podcast. So yeah. thank, I you so much. thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Yeah. Yes, thank you. for listening to the Passion and Purpose podcast. Join us next week for another inspiring adventures.